Welcome to the Fizzle Show! This is the Fizzle Show. I am Chase Wardman-Reeves. Every Friday, we publish another conversation about the art and science of supporting yourself doing something that you care about. And we've got a good one for you today. This is a pretty big episode. I like this one. Okay, listen, here's the deal. There's all this work that you want to do, but it's not getting done. This is the work that you need to do. It leads to your success. It's the projects and ideas and tasks that your career is built on. Yet, when it comes time to do it, you resist it. You get distracted. You literally go blind to some of these tasks in your to-do list. So, on the show today, we talk about eight reasons why your work isn't getting done. That in just a minute. In case you aren't familiar with what we do here, we run FizzleCo, Fizzle.co, where we show creatives, freelancers, and entrepreneurs how to build a business that actually works. Okay, so we've got a roadmap broken into three phases that guides you through every step of small business from coming up with your business idea to growing your email list to getting people to actually know, like, and trust your website, podcast, or video channel. All right. So membership to Fizzle costs about a dollar a day. But as a listener, you can try your first five weeks for free on us when you go to fizzle.co slash try five. That's just for Fizzle Show listeners. Fizzle.co slash try five, and you can get started with the 40 plus courses and the roadmap that we've got there. I'd love for you to try it out. Anyways, follow along at home at fizzleshow.co slash 163. I'll be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps. But sometimes, you know, so what happened was. What happened? So what happened? <laughs> Guys, I have a little bit of a success story to tell real quick. I was using Snapchat to do some of my characters, which I occasionally do. Uh, no. this, I don't do it every day, but when I do, there's several. And I was updating my story, as you do, going through different of uh, the masks that they have and then making up a little character. Today, they had a bear chewing on a thing. There's like different masks? Yeah, dude, it's incredible. Wow. Uh, like, it shouldn't be as fun as it is. But I make up a character for it. So sure. <laughs> I had a bear. He was party bear, but he's out of drugs. And so he's actually like, it's like sobering up and he's coming down and he's like really worried. He's gonna like not going to have any drugs for the party at his den later on. And so, so that's one character. Just to give you a, a little smattering of what it's like. It's ironic that it's a bear because when I, Ironical. when, when uh, you talk about doing things like Snapchat, I try not to encourage it sort of like in a don't feed the animals kind of way. <laughs> exactly. You really don't want to feed the animals. Now, literally there's an animal not to be fed. Yeah. But at the same time, we do have an exciting topic to get into. Okay, so this is where it started for me. It turns out we see this all the time, but recently I saw this in a cancellation email where, uh, let's see, I've got the direct quote right here, where this person was canceling Fizzle, like you do. Mm -hmm. People cancel Fizzle. People join Fizzle. People cancel Fizzle. People stay in Fizzle. People fizzle out. People fizzle up. You know what I mean? There's a lot of the, the, the people have all sizzle, no steak. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, there's yeah, a lot of ways that you can. True. These are all true. These are all true. So this person, as, as they were canceling, was, was said, you know, uh, I, I need to cancel Fizzle, uh, paraphrasing there. And then I just need to get the work done in the limited amount of time that I have. So I have to keep the distractions down. Mm -hmm. Okay. So two things, two things happened to me on this one. First of all, I go like, oh man, I know the feeling. You know what I mean? I know the feeling when you're like, fine, when you get to a level where you're like, oh Yeah. We really got, I know that I just have to keep my head down and focus yeah. on this thing. Yeah. Enough information. Like 
la la la, I'm yeah. not listening to you. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And we have a great post on, um, what was the name of, of that post you wrote, Barrett, on just-in-time learning mm. yeah, versus just-in-case, just in case, yeah. right? Which is great. We, we, let's may, earmark that to talk about a little bit later. I mm -hmm. think it'd be really valuable. But um, what got me about this one was it's, it, I hear this a lot. I hear this a lot from people who are starting their own businesses. I just need to get my head down and just get to work and do the thing, right? And I hear it from so many people and I've said it so many times myself. And I also feel doubtful that this person who wrote this one, that, that me, when I said that back in the day, when this other person who's about to say it, you know what I mean? I just need to keep my head down and just focus. Why is the work not getting done? Okay, so the, so the implication here is the work isn't getting done. Yeah. And you're choosing, you're, you're believing that you have to turn off the sources of information that are coming your way yeah. so that you can focus. So let me tell you a little story. So- so and it's not just the information. It's just like, why in general is our work not getting done as entrepreneurs? Why in general? Like, what are the reasons why? What are the things that get in the way right. of the work that we know we should be doing not getting done? Yeah. Right? So this has happened to me several times on this team in Fizzle. And it becomes ex especially insidious in, this, in, that, in that environment because I have other people that rely on me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, okay. Because I think of you relying on me, Corbett, when I need to design something or get the the editing of some course done or get the writing, uh, the, the right. first draft of a course done or something like that. And that starts to build up. Mm -hmm. And it builds up for a few different... It builds up, but it doesn't, it doesn't get done. So what happens is... I, I don't know if you guys have noticed this. You know, Stephen Pressfield talks about the resistance in the book, The, the War of Art. Yep. Talks about this resistance that like is like this voice... Or, a lot of times it's just a blind spot. Like it makes things that should be getting done, bl I'm blind to them, right? Mm -hmm. But sometimes it makes me so that like I think about them often when I take a shower, when I am on a walk, when I'm everywhere except for the place where I can get that thing done. Right. But then when I sit down and do that stuff, like my head's all elsewhere. I think it's like literally like, like subconsciously, like I'm trying really hard not to see that, not to do that. Right. Right. So when he, when this person wrote and said, like, I just need to go get to work, it made me think of me being in that mode where I had so much work to do and I felt so guilty that I wasn't doing it that basically it just became this vicious cycle. Yeah. That made made me less likely to actually get the work done. So, like, are you wondering in this case if this guy says, I just need to go get the work done, but then he's going to sit down and something else is going to distract him? I'm just wondering, in general, like, we've all experienced, like, resistance. We've all experienced what it's like when something's on our to-do list for, like, months. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We all, we've all experienced, and when, when you're working for yourself, when you don't have a team that can make you feel that guilt, do you yeah. know what I mean? That like, that where you're like, hey, if you don't get this done, this is a dependency on my other thing that's good, you yeah. know? When you don't have, when you're just working for yourself and you got to be disciplined, it's, all, it's, it's really, really tough. Like the guilt, as, as shameful as it can feel, and I don't think there's anything good about shame, it's still like, is a little bit of a motivator sometimes, right? Yeah, although when you're working for yourself or by yourself, you still have some of that guilt you, and shame. You do, you do, it's, totally. It's different, but it might be toward, for your family. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. It might be because of some things that you told friends. Yeah. Perceived social to class, whatever. Yeah. So you still get that guilt building up. Mm -hmm. And, and yep. I think that that's partly resistance in yeah. Stephen Pressfield's term. Like, yeah. Because um, it's almost like the longer 
you put something off, the harder it gets to break into it yeah. for some reason, that yeah. task or whatever it is. It totally is. And so my question, what I want to talk about today, what I want us to dig into is what are the reasons why we'll, we'll A, kind of like start to understand what work needs to be done mm-hmm. or what, no, just, just no. What, what are the reasons why when we put something on the to-do list, it stays there for too long? Why does that happen? You know, it'd be interesting. Huh? Uh, we could talk about things that are on our actual to-do list that we haven't gotten to for okay. a long time. Great idea. I think I have my Asana right here. Okay, let me see. One that's been up, uh, Sparkline Redesign. Yep. Okay, this is very different. So we have, a, I have a, a, I've redesigned completely in Photoshop a, a new look for the Sparkline. Yep. And the thing is that like nothing on my list right now is, is, um, is the kind that uh, that I'm that I'm really meaning when I'm talking about this because I'm watching that just get bumped down by other more important projects. Well, yeah, you know what it, I mean. Yeah, but so, I guess that's a reason. Start with it. That's yeah. a reason why. Let's start with that one. Okay. So, okay. So you've got this project. Yeah. Uh, we you got really excited about it. Very excited. A couple of months ago. I still am. Every time I like this is a good example because every time I think about, it, I'm like, oh god, I cannot wait to start coding. That. Right. And you have actually a significant amount of work done towards yeah. it already. All the insight and idea you showed us. You mm-hmm. know examples of previews of it we gave you feedback and then we all agreed okay let's put it on the list it's, it's something yep. that you want to work on so but it's been sitting there it's been sitting there right because it's you no know, okay so why hasn't that been done here's some ideas um we have sort of you, you ever heard of stephen covey's urgent versus important uh matrix thing yeah. right there's things that are urgent there's things that are important they're not necessarily the same thing right occasionally there's an urgent thing that is also important right but most of the time which is, ur- what, you, which is what you work on first yeah which is what you yep. work on first yep most urgent things when you look at them and zoom out not most but whatever a lot of urgent things actually aren't don't end up being very important right and so and some really important things don't end up being that urgent. Right. Right. So this is an important thing that isn't urgent. Mm -hmm. So it's a kind of like, it's almost like a faith that I have to say, I need to choose when this is going to go into the, into the thing where even though it'd be, it'd be, it perceived to me would be more valuable for us to put out another course. I'm going like, let's put out a new design of the sparkline or, or let's understand, let's actually reframe this as, as like understanding exactly why this is valuable. So in the Stephen Covey framework, yeah. you're saying that that project is getting bumped by urgent things and that are important. urgent and important or not and even, things that are just more important. Just that are more important. And so, so because like, so here's a great example of something that you can do, everybody can do in their own business to, to create a sort of uh, a prioritization of categories of tasks. Okay. Redesigning the Sparkline is a something that lives on the front end of the site. Experience of every user, every person that lands on the site with a blog post. Mm-hmm. It's actually a ton of people, right? Right. So, what the things that we really high, we need to focus on right now in our business are growth, getting more people in, to join Fizzle, mm-hmm. right? And um, and so because of that, maybe I could actually reinterpret this task and see it as important in that way. Right. So, but th- this is a really important lesson, Yeah. which is it's easy to identify things that you feel like you need to do because of some inspiration that you had at the time. Yeah. And then it's really easy later to kind of forget about why that thing was important in the first place. Yeah. So it'll live on your totally. list and then you start just seeing it for the work that it is and not necessarily for the underlying reasons why it should be done. Yeah. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I think absolutely. And maybe, maybe there's a little hack there. When, there when no, you're that, looking at it's your a big list. one. That's one. That's one of my my. It's one of my original points. I thought about going. This is you don't. You're not connected to why this is important. Mm-hmm. You're not. And and that's not just a feeling of like oh, because for me, I look at the sparkling design up to now. It's actually just been. I really want to do it. Like I love those projects. Right. But if I imbue that with a little bit, where I'll do a little more reconnaissance and go like, okay, why is this important to our business? Yeah. To our business goals to grow, to keep members uh, longer and in, in their in their lifetime happier in fizzle, like actually solving their problems. Right. These are two of our huge goals. Right. Right. And so this this uh, this impacts one of them. Yeah. You know, I can see this as impacting one of those goals more. So what, first of all, I just want to take a step back. Let's zoom out for a second and go, hey, we have those goals identified. We right now in this season of our business know what our goal is that we need to get more people into fizzle. Like we need to, we need to grow a little bit more. Right. We also want to have more courses made. And so everything on our list, uh, you know, as teams has all the projects kind of like have those as a tag. You know what I mean? And then there's a few others that are supporting like, hey, better infrastructure. Hey, this. And I kind of always have relegated this task to us. So, hey, a better infrastructure thing. When actually what I'm hearing you guys say is connecting me a little bit more again to why this is actually important to one of our, our main goals, our, right. pro, our, 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 our important yeah, goals. Yeah, and in the, in the like classic um, like consulting speak, I guess you would say it, you would make a business case for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yeah. what's the, you know, how do you legitimize wanting to do that project? Yeah. Because it's, it's a good thing to uh, identify projects that you want to do because you're excited about them. Because yeah. a lot of times it makes that work easier and it feels fulfilling when you get it sure. done. But if you can tie that back to like some key goal that yeah. we're after as a business, then it's a win-win. Totally. And then it becomes, it, it gets bumped up on the on the important list. Yep. Right. Yeah, no, I think that that's actually, that's just funny because we're going into this even, I already had that blindness to that task. Mm-hmm. I was like, this one doesn't work. Yeah. This one doesn't work. Right. And guess what? It's a perfect example of what we were talking about. Yeah, because where it comes from, it goes way back. Yeah. Way back to like looking at other blogs that we admire, like companies that run blogs that we admire and yeah. how they serve their audience with that blog and giving people a way to access information. Yeah. Because in some ways, it's pretty archaic the way we display blog feeds. It's like by date. Yeah. And date doesn't mean anything to a reader. Totally. What means something to a reader is the topic they came to learn about. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's why we why we did it. We want to reorganize the information so that all of that work that you guys that we've all put in over many years at this point more accessible. For, yeah. yeah, exactly. That right. it still serves us. Yeah, and this is a this is a great example of uh, where we the the version of the blog that we have now was essentially an MVI or, or an MVP. I mean, yeah. Um, minimum viable product at the time when we relaunched uh, Think Traffic as a Sparkliner, rolled it in there and, yeah. and, and came out with the Sparkline. We basically decided, let's go with, let's do this, like yeah. quick and dirty and make it really simple. And remember how pared back yeah. we wanted to make it? Totally. Just so that we could later revisit it and bolt on a bunch of stuff. Well, yeah. that was like two and a half years ago mm-hmm. or totally. now or three years ago. Totally. Yeah. No, that's that's fascinating. Okay. So one, one reason why is we're not connected to why this task is important. Mm-hmm. And this is actually, I, I thought about this beforehand because, and so it's, it's so silly to me that, that it's exactly why I haven't done this, this, this exact task. Because it's something I've been trying really hard. I, and I haven't done a good job the last month. But after our last, um, I think two things that we do really, really well in Fizzle. Just, I don't know how many books you read, Corbett, that made us do this. Or if this is just an idea, hey, let's do it. One of them is our, um, our check-in, check-out process every single week. Mm-hmm. Okay, so every Monday in Slack, every member of the team will write, here's what I'm doing this week, right? And then every Friday, 
Every member of the team says, here's what I did this week. And it's just an more honest and more or less. It's the it's, intention. It's an honest calculation yeah. of, uh, you know, perceived versus actual, you know? Like the perception that Chase has of how long a week is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and literally, I'm surprised every single week at how long a week is. Yeah. Uh, how like, not. No, that week was like five weeks this time. <laughs> <laughs> that, week, check-ins. that week was like one half of a week. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but the, the point being, like, we've got that in, and I don't, like, I don't, I don't read you guys' check-ins. I just don't. Right, I don't read them, but I know that 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 practice keeps you honest. I do. I do personally every single day. I do the the productivity journal, mm-hmm. right? And this is I, well, now it's become really important to incorporate be- bits not just from from work, which I do. My like, you know, I, I keep track of. Hey, what are the important things I did in work today? And then what are the important things that happened in life today? Mm-hmm. So yesterday I took a bath with Aiden. Like that's in my productivity journal. Like, hey, it's weird because he was throwing you know uh, spiders at my penis, but. Uh, <laughs> It's it's weird for a dad when you're in the bath with your son. It's just like you can't get Let's comfortable a, with it. Took a turn. <laughs> well, it does have a bit of a kink in it. But <laughs> the idea the idea is is on episode 99 of the podcast is one of our more popular episodes and it really is the single productivity task that's impacted my life more than any other. Yeah. It's 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 a daily journal totally. of and a thing and I think it's that it's that um what tell them what you're gonna do. Mm-hmm. We do this in the progress logs and then fizzle too, right? Inside of inside of fizzle, there's a section where you have a progress log. The research shows that if you A, write what you're going to do, B, write what you did, and then you're already more likely to to impact uh your learning and your capabilities moving forward. But there's a second thing, the second part of the research that is if you do it socially, it it, it makes you even more likely to do the work, to reach your goals and to, to grow or learn more from the tasks you were doing. Right. So, yeah. so I think that one's a little controversial, but well, that was in the research of the, of the one post that we did. It yeah. was like, so one was one, one was they, they wrote down what they, what they learned every day. And that was, uh, that, that group pers- uh, got further faster than the people who used that same amount of time to practice the activities. Mm-hmm. Um, then there was the people who spoke verbally about what they did socially. And then there was the people who did the written down version socially. Oh, okay. And that was, that was the highest achieving group. Yeah. It's like, it's exactly a progress log, which is crazy. Cause right. we didn't, we made up the progress log thing in fizzle way before we learned about that research. Well, no, I mean, we had actually, you did. I didn't know anything about it. So when we did episode 99, I was like, what? This is amazing. But that, I, that practice of writing down what you did yeah. is it, it, just recounting what you did. And, and you'll watch as you do it. First of all, you forget things. And then as you remember them, then you're writing things down. And I'm like, hey, man, I watched an episode of Anthony Bourdain and that just wasn't good. But I did watch two episodes of West Wing and one of them changed my life. Yeah. And, and one <laughs> do you know thing, what I mean? Right. And, and one thing that's important about that productivity log is um, if you're going to do this daily or whatever, write down the things that you did that aren't work related, you know, especially, I guess yeah. it's a little different. And we do this a little bit with our check-ins. Sometimes we, yeah. if there are important things going on in our important lives, important lunches or travel or we, things like we that, we put that down. I tend to just put stuff down that I know is going to impact my work week yeah. in some way. But when you're doing the productivity journal, you might as well write down everything that you did yeah. or that you accomplished that day, because it gives you a better perspective on a lot of times you get to the end of the day and you feel like, man, it feels like I just didn't have anything, any time to get anything done. And then you look and it's like, oh, well, I had this chat with a friend or this lunch or whatever. Yeah. 
And you look at your work day and it's like, oh yeah, it, it was like five hours long. Totally. Mm-hmm. And this is something a lot of people are, are glomming onto. You know, there's like the five minute uh, power journal, the, the, the power walking journal, the walking to, to my power, the freedom journal. There's uh, there's a lot of journals out there and, and there, you could probably use any one of them and, and have literally ground, like groundbreaking results in your yeah, life. Or Anyone you don't need any of that. I use, I use an app on my phone called Day One yeah. and I just, I just write down what I can remember that I did and then the, the top two things I need to do tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That's it. Every single day, um, as I'm getting into bed, and it it does change my it's changed my okay, life. So tie that back to why the work so, isn't getting done. Good. So the idea is when you are keeping track of what you're doing, you're more likely to have a, an astute eye as you think about what you want to do. Mm-hmm. That's that's what's why this has changed my life. Is because it's it's made meaning me meaning you get better at estimating projects. You get better at estimating projects. You get better at knowing what's important before you actually do it. Uh-huh. Right. So like, how many times do you do a project? Six months later, you check in on it. Like, actually, I didn't move the needle much. Right. Right. And and when we're a small business, like it's important to move the needle. Yeah. Right. Which means you got to try a lot of stuff. But the 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 better stuff that you try, the better that needle's gonna gonna move. Mm-hmm. Versus like, hey, you have you have two weeks. You can try four things out of a list of 25. Right. And I've got pretty good eyes at, at, at understanding, like at guessing now what's going to work Okay, because so, we've done a lot. So you know? reason number one is connect to your why you're not connected to your why. Yeah. And, uh, and a tip for getting better connected to your why is to do productivity journaling. Yeah. Um, I think that's kind I of think, a weak connection to me. Yeah. I, I think I, this is a separate point. Okay. This is a separate I would point. Love, yeah. I, I would love to know if someone has figured out a way to um, review their task list and have the reason why for each project. That's why we were talking about this. Okay, so here's here's um, here's what we used to do. What I used to do religiously, and I kind of have let go of. Um, first of all, in our productivity essentials course, we I talk about the do the desired outcome mm-hmm. of each of each project. Right. Okay. So this is like the payload. Yeah. When you're done with this project. X will be true. Right. You know what I mean. You'll be able to do X, or this will have. What does it look like when it's done? Right. Right. Um, writing that next to like a, you have a good, this is all in the productivity essentials course in fizzle, which is a short, but really meaty course, how to write a project, like the, the headline and description, you know, which the description is just a desired outcome. Right. Then how to actually verbally write down your tasks, the Vino method, verb, noun, object of writing your tasks will actually make you more likely to do those tasks because I, because anyways, What's an example. So an example is, is check, check. Uh, check on flight availability mm-hmm. versus like buy tickets to California. Well, those are both action. They're they're actionable ish, but right. if you but the the one of them the payloads in it, right, right. right. You know what I mean. Yeah. One of them, you know what the the desired outcome actually is. Got it. So and the, the, the purchase of the tickets because when you're doing your work, that little bit of ambiguity where you, your brain just has a tiny right. bit of wiggle room yeah. ends up being both huge. Of those, both of those are better than uh, flight to California. Flight to just California. A, oh my God, great example. Yeah, flight yeah. to California. Yeah. When, how, yeah. like, like what, what's, what's the outcome of that? You know what I mean? All yeah. of that stuff. So um, real quick, just to, to say, okay, the first one is connect into each. Connect well, so, okay, so thinking about the, the project that you're talking about. Sure. So, so on our project list in Trello, yeah. we use for, for big projects, I think it says Sparkline Redesign. Yeah. yeah. So maybe maybe in that case, maybe we need to use that 
verb noun object. Yeah, yeah. Format. So which would which would turn it into something more like, or even just like you know, uh, publish new sparkling design. But it almost needs even more than that because what we're saying is, what's the reason why? So yeah, it almost needs a so that so at the end of that. Yeah, and I think what I've done before and what what it, what it would do in Trello, and I've done before in Trello for us is in the actual description of the task, mm-hmm. right? The why it's important thing because yeah. that's something that I, I, I but it gets overlooked because it's buried in the description. And so totally all does. we ever see is this like two word yeah. description of the project. It's so true. And it just becomes this big hairy monster. Yeah. You yeah. know, it really yeah. does. I remember there was a, I don't know if it was right when I started working for Fizzle or right before I joined the team, but I took the, um, the productivity, uh, course, course yeah, yeah. and made note physical note cards yeah, because you couldn't help but look at the whole thing at once. Oh yeah. yeah. And it was like project name, desired outcome right under it. And then the tasks in that format. Oh, nice. And that was one of the most productive periods I've ever been in because there was no electronic version, which is maybe inefficient, but I could always see the why and all of the tasks in yeah. order right oh, there. That's awesome. And that was pretty powerful actually, because yeah. now it puts not only the task in context, but also the project in context, because you know why yeah. the project, and then you know where you are with that task in relation to the project. Fascinating. Uh, I like that. I like that. That's um, So let me make a note of that, writing your DO. Um, so what was, the, what was the second one in between? The first one is connected task to your why. Second one is, is keeping track, the productivity journal. And just what I like about that is, is when you, you're just, you just watch how you're actually working. So if, imagine there's you working, all right? And then there's you sort of like, like at the end of the week going like, hey, how did me as a worker do? Right. You know, how did, how did, how did I do? Sure. And, and so you zoom out a little bit and you don't have to be judgy at all. You're just watching going like, wow, he was really frustrated because he thought he'd be able to do more. Mm-hmm. And the truth is he was working actually pretty hard and he actually couldn't do more. So he should have just been more satisfied with what right. he did. So, so in that case, uh, the reason why the work isn't getting done, you might say is because you're overestimating how much you can get done in a week or you are under reflecting on how much you actually accomplish. Well, I want to make that like it's its own that that first bit its own thing because the I think it's a really big idea and I think it's I think it plays a, a big role in how you feel about your work. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? How right. much you budget for what this project should take or what you can get done in a week? Yeah, I think is m- probably one of the most one of the things that impacts most how I feel about how that week went. Right. You know what so, I mean? But what you're saying is that how you feel about how the week went is impacting how much work you're actually getting done. I Oh yeah. I think the next week then, then you, cause you know how it happens. You just start spiraling. Yeah. You just start getting more like, Oh dude, I really need to get this done. I really need to get this done. And the resistance builds even as the enthusiasm. Or you does. start feeling like, what's the point? And, and, and then you burn out. Yeah. It happens and it happens in cycles. In cycles. You know what I mean? Unless you are so balanced with this thing, which means you don't have the high highs and you don't have the low lows. That's what that I mean, I, I'm I'm still tripping on them low lows, girl, but like you know, <laughs> I was searching for it for a second because I can't really remember the actual lyric. I thought you were gonna say balls. <laughs> tripping balls. <laughs> no, but uh what's the lyric on that? So it was in on the low lows, girl. Uh, yeah. I can't remember. But um uh, let's like I think this idea of of estimating how long a thing is, and I have a video in Fizzle on you know five tips for budgeting, estimating how long a project's going to take, mm-hmm. and because I think built into productivity in general, ever, everywhere, is 
this sense of course management, like I've talked, like I, I'm kind of a broken record about, because I find that it really affects me when I think, oh, like this week I'm going to get this all, like these four things done, and I got one done, right? Like that just feels terrible, right? When really, when you look at, that's why connecting it to your why, to the why on this, why this project is so important, allows you to invest a little more in it, mm-hmm. right? And go like, hey, that took me all week, but that's okay. Because it's actually a really important project. You do that week after week and you let those four projects take four weeks instead of one week. Right. Dude, like you're going to get, you You will finish the year so much stronger than if you tried to do it all every every week you did four projects. Right. Do you so, know what I mean? So to bring this back to why isn't the work getting done, what you're saying is there's not, there's not enough time to get that work done. Yeah. You're assuming that you can cram these four things into one week when realistically you could only get one done to begin yep, with. Totally. And and the more honest we are with ourselves about that, the better our the better we get about our work. Mm-hmm. The better we get at working. Right. You know what I mean? So this is similar to our hustle conversation where it's like, listen, you've got like this is the worst. I always hate this when I know I've got the like I've got this project Project number one and the the next five tasks on that that I know that I need to do. Then project number two and the next like seven tasks on that and project number three and the next five or six tasks right. on that and then project number four and the next like, like, you know, you're thinking them through. And so you look at your life and you go like, I'm just a playlist being played by my to-do list. You know, I'm just like being told like there's no life, That's there's the no creativity, there's yeah. no joy in this thing, Right. right. Um, and so they wear blinders like a horse. See, wear blinders like a horse, and you don't. So you don't freak out. I think one big trick on that is that number one, connecting to each individual project and potentially task, or at least not just project, uh, to your why. Right. To your why. As long as you just have that project going like, this is important because it's going to impact this business. Yeah. Goal. So you remember like, this isn't just something here to make my life. Shit. It's yeah. Here because I think I think it's such a big like deal to be able to um, give yourself a, an okay about investing a little more time in a project. Yeah. When the whole when everything is on my back about like do more, do more, get, no, not do more, do more, get more done, 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 right? right. You know what I mean? Like the be, be more be busier. Be and the busier. problem is you've spent so much time focused on just the mental energy of I got to get more done that Dude. you could have been dedicated to projects. Well said. Getting stuff it's done. It's so true. Like you have okay, listen, you have you have you have 100 brain waves in a day, right? And literally like 20 to 40 of them are taken up with like, I got to get more done. I got to get more done. Yeah. That leaves 60 for actual work. It's it's a lot like switching costs when you have, yeah. when you're trying to do five projects at once, every time you switch from one to the other, you lose so much time yeah. because it takes right. a lot of energy to get back. I remember that, that was flow. always a big deal when I was at software companies and they're like, never interrupt the engineers. Yes. Because it costs us, it costs us like a tangible amount of money. And we do that to ourselves because we decided to take Constantly. on 10 projects. Constantly. Yeah. And we do that to ourselves when we leave the email tab open in our browser. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, what are you well, doing? Close that's just it. Like urgent things pinging you yeah. all day. Yeah. And now it's like, I don't know if you guys have this problem, but when somebody calls, yeah, it doesn't just ring your phone anymore. It's like every device <laughs> you, you turn own that starts off. going yeah. crazy. I yeah. turned that off. I got, I got really annoyed by that because I didn't want. I didn't. I also didn't understand it. Ding, I was like, ding, <laughs> ding, ding. I was like, my, <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> That's my slide to open. Uh, <laughs> Fair. Can we can we move on to another examination of task that's not sure. getting done? And, and well, why? we just had a conversation today about about projects on my list and we were talking about doing a course versus working on a podcast that I've been working on. And, and I recognize this in myself that like having those two competing things has been preventing both from getting done basically. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because it's like, do this task from this project and this task from this one and they're on the same day. 
And then they both start to feel unimportant because it's like, well, neither of them are ever going to get done. You <laughs> right, know? Yeah. It just start, feels like, well, this is going to last three months before either are done. And that sucks. Totally. And then, you know, you throw a blog, a blog post in the mix for the week and it's like, well, clearly these other things are more important, but this has got to be done today. And, and it just starts to get, yeah. you know, a little hairy. But anyways, a project example would be, uh, we were working on a course, uh, <laughs> originally it was about archetypes, which we've done. I wrote a post on a long time ago mm. about business yeah, archetypes. Yeah. And then somehow trying to clarify the archetypes course, it turned into a revenue models course, which are different right. concepts mm. in our roadmap, Yeah, which makes a ton of sense because at its most pure form, like an archetype is built on revenue models. Right. Basically there's, there's like these role models you can look at and they use different methods to make money in their business. Yeah. And that's kind of how we built the archetypes. But they're different because a role model is not a pure version of a revenue model. Right. Yeah. A person often employs many different revenue models to build a business. Right. And so in this project, basically we got all the way to almost done with a draft of a script. And it was like, well, we built the wrong thing here. And the initial reaction was just like, well, that is very annoying. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because you spent so much time on it, right? right? And it was right. It was true. Yeah. It was true. The yeah. conversation about it we had was true. Yeah. So then you get to the end of a project and, and this is the challenge is this, the sunk cost of work done mm. can Ooh. really, really jade the decision-making process going forward. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. Hold your thought there because I, I've got, I'm writing down a couple different things. Um, the first one is, uh, you said two competing things at the same time means neither gets done. Right. right. I think that deserves its own point. Yeah. I think that's, that's, that is like, you might be holding, why is not, why is the work not getting done? Right. Maybe there's two things, two really big projects that you kind of need to pick one right now. Yeah. Right. Get like, get a little bit more streamlined and put the, put the focus all on one of these things mm -hmm. instead of trying to keep both those yeah, plates spinning. Yeah. You can imagine if you're talking about projects that are literally like a month or two long yeah. on their own. Yeah. And then you put two of those together. Oh, yeah. Then you're talking about like four months, but you, there's yeah. this extra time added on because the switching cost. Right. So it's like yeah. it ends up going from a two month long project to I'm trying to do two of them, and it's going to take five months. Right. And you get in the middle of that, and it just feels like you're making no progress. It does. It, it really it does. Feels silly. It's and, like, well, this is dumb. Nothing yeah. should take this long. Like, it is, and it, but it's a real thing. Yeah, it's it a is, real sure. phenomenon. Like it, it happens. It happens. To, I think to all of us who are who are once you get to a certain level, like it doesn't stop happening. Yeah. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like you have to be. This is why I love like that's probably why I'm I'm so drawn to to some Buddhist or or Zen Buddhist stuff because it is this like well you know you just you just have to pick one and like, you, the, you have to do the thing you know what I mean there's some like sort of rigor men, rigorous mental thing that you have to do the biggest yeah. example of this for many of our customers probably comes at the time when when they've taken that audience first approach and they've got their blog schedule or their podcast schedule or whatever their content schedule already going and it's time to build the product yeah. Because now you've totally. got two things that are truly both important. Yep. Yeah. And you can't make money until the product gets done. Yeah. But you can't make money unless you have an audience ready to buy it. Yeah. Right. And the way to make money from an audience is to have the audience primed, which yeah. requires content. Yeah. But the way to sell a product is to have a product. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and yeah. that's, I think that's the most poignant example of this is like, I've got two projects that like really neither of them could get done and the business would be fine. Yeah. It's very different when you're trying to build your first product. Yeah. yeah. And you're trying to figure out which one's yep. more important and because I, how do you choose? And and I remember like very well being in mastermind group conversations with a bunch of friends that were at the same place where we had some success building an audience. Maybe we had sold some services or mm -hmm. we had done a webinar or something that was fine. But each of us was embarking on, we got to create a, an ebook or a course or right. a guide or something for sale 
or a workshop or whatever. And uh, just remembering seeing people spin their wheels sometimes for six months, mm. sometimes a year trying to get their first product out the door. Yeah. And it's because you can make a full-time job very easily out of just the audience management yes. stuff. Mm. And, uh, and it's really easy to li- leave yourself just a sliver, a window of time to get other stuff done. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and when you show up maybe, and you have like four hours a week to work on this thing or right. whatever, at the end of the day, it just, you make very little progress each right. week and it's no wonder it takes so long. Yeah, no bueno. You know, so when you get in that kind of situation, it's like, it, as I look back at it now, cause that was basically when living for Monday broke was when I had to make that decision and I built a product and then came back to the content and then you're out of sync and, yep. um, I think what I would do looking back if I were in that situation again is I would write the amount of content I needed for to give me a period of time to focus exclusively mm-hmm. on building the product. Yeah. So I'd create a project that was write 12 blog posts or whatever. Get, get ahead by weeks ahead. two yeah. months or something. Right. Mm-hmm. Three months, yeah. And give myself 60 days to get the product or 30 yeah. days yeah. or whatever it is. And so now you give yourself that time by doing a big project now that's the equivalent of a product but that gives you the space and yeah. the audience building. Part. This is also something that we we have to learn and relearn and relearn. And over it's so and painful every time, which is it's so easy to uh, make a project way bigger than you can actually handle. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And this is why we harp on the, the MVP idea. And mm-hmm. I don't think people realize, there's a good article actually you should link to. Uh, I don't think people realize how small you need to make your first product right. or your first attempt at any project. You have to pare it down so much. Uh, so that it becomes yeah. actually manageable mm-hmm. when you consider all the other stuff that you have right. going on. Yeah, we have that article that I did on how to destruct your, how to deconstruct your project into truly minimum viable products, yep. which is like, hey, we always start with actually version three. Right. Here's ways to de-design it twice right. to get to an actual 1.0. Mm-hmm. And then your your great one on uh, Corbett on seven truly simple minimum viable product yeah. ideas. Mm-hmm. I'll put both of those in the show notes so, for this episode. Getting back to the project that you were talking about, yeah. Barrett. So I'm thinking back to conversations that we had where um, we were talking about, okay, what is this, what is the real concept behind the archetypes and and what do we want to be teaching people about it? And I remember leaving a number of conversations without real clarity. Yes, that's what it was. It was a lack of decision. Right. And that was one of the biggest things I had on my list here was not making the necessary decisions that allow you to move forward with confidence. I think that's a big reason work so done. So tell me, uh, what I what I, what I have some I have something that sounds like that, um, it, and tell me if it's the same, okay? Because one of the things that I think is because has been a really big problem for me is not being actual crystal clear clarity on what the work actually is. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. This is similar to what we we're talking about, like you know, flight to California versus like right. buy two tickets to yeah. fly out California but it's on even February worse 3rd. when it's like a big project that's going yeah. to take several and it, weeks. And yeah, and I think it's more insidious. Like it happens way more naturally that you you would just go like, oh, release the pro, create the product. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Without knowing what the work actually actually yeah. is. Right. And so one trick on that is, is I I immediately think of okay, so what's the very next physical action to do mm-hmm. what's the very next one so that might be research that might be talking to talking it through with someone over lunch it might be who knows what it is but if you can just get to clarity on that what that what the first step is that normally can start the thing but you talked about decision making is, mm-hmm. is that is that different do you think i think it's maybe like one step before you're looking at next task and that's what is this yeah what is it defining mm-hmm. it yeah and it's so easy 
not to decide, not to make decisions. Like we did, we had probably three conversations mm-hmm. about archetypes where we yeah. all went around in a circle and I think we were all just like, screw it, we'll deal with it later. Yeah. But then all of a sudden we were ready to make well, a course or, on it. Well, or, you know, or whatever, like you'll figure it out. Right. Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. right. And then, you know, the price you pay is ultimately it gets figured out. It just might not be the most convenient time. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, Seth Godin had this great term to go back to the, the old faithful there on uh, where, when he talked about projects and he calls it thrash early. Mm-hmm. And he talks about having those discussions early and yeah. then deciding, and then you don't get to change it. Right. Because changing those things along the way in the, unless it's because you've gotten so much new information that you were truly wrong. Right. Um, is just a, change just a, gets more and more expensive yes, because exactly. you, you've put actual work into right. the project. Whereas when it's just conversation or right. ideas, it's really easy to make a change. And so that was his point was do all the talking you want up front. But once you've defined the project and you say, go, whoever the decision yeah. maker is, that says, go, you go. Right. And then you follow through on it yeah. because you've chosen your strategy. You've done your research, you decided, and now it's time to execute. And I think that's actually really powerful. And we probably don't do that enough. We yeah. don't do enough of the talking and the exploring up front because we just want to go, go, go. That's what I, done. yeah, I found that I've experienced that on so many levels because uh, I make a lot of videos, right? Yeah. And it's still exciting for me to set up the camera and get it all going and make the look look a certain yeah, way. Yeah, you just want to hit the play I just want to hit record, record so bad. Yeah. Right? I just want to hit record so bad. And then you're sitting and editing, you're, you're performing it and you're like, ooh, I don't know if I'm nailing this. Mm-hmm. Eh, it'll be fine. I've got a lot of energy. Yeah. And then you're editing and you're like, oh man, I got a lot of work to do if I'm going to make... And then, so sometimes I'll find a, a trick there where I'm adding stuff in text on top of, because now I can clearly see the holes, yeah. right? I can clearly yeah. see it. So you put text on there to go, look over here, pay, attention, <laughs> pay no attention to the Band-Aid, Band-Aid, yeah. Band-Aid, Band-Aid. I did that recently. I did that on... Um, I think I did that on the Hustle video. Mm. I, actually, right. I actually made the Hustle video like 40% shorter. Than it was. If you if you're unfamiliar, we had a video that was a really big success on on Facebook and in YouTube on um, you know anti hustle why three reasons why hustle's hurting us, and it at first it was long. It had too much stuff in it, and so it ended up feeling kind of confusing. Even though the stuff was all true, yeah. it just didn't leave the viewer mm-hmm. with like a yes. Yep. The way that like simplifying, and this is actually in the in the research about learning that I'm learning from Dave Stewart Fizzler, hashtag anti hustle or whatever. Um, uh, so hold on, going back to now, getting clarity on what the work actually is. What is this? Define it. I love that mm-hmm. quote. I'm going to go look for the exact quote from Seth on tra- thrash early, decide, and then you don't get to change it. Because right. mm-hmm. for me as making video stuff, what I've learned is I make a loose outline uh, of, the, of the points in handwritten text, and then, I'll, and then I have three different buddies that I call up to talk it through yeah, with. That's good. It'll be either Corbett or Scott or Mike, uh, and, and I just talk it through. And sometimes I'll do all three of them. And talking through it makes it really helpful mm-hmm. for me because then I'm forced to communicate it. Yeah. And there and I and I can tell when they're getting it and when they're not. So that's that like kind of and Corbett, when you we were doing your course that you're finishing up now, we were like, okay, you and me, let's schedule a, an hour and a half conversation and let's go, let's go through each Which one ended of these up lessons. Being like three of those. With, yeah. And yeah. so cause what we did is we went really deep on each one. Yeah. We thought about these and kinds of things. And it's super helpful. It honestly it made it so much easier oh. to script. It, that's the thing. You, like, it's really hard because it doesn't feel like work because mm-hmm. you're not writing the script, right? But then when you but you're unearthing ideas and yep, and totally and deciding why things fit or why they don't fit yep. from there. And when you have all the elements on the page, when you have all the elements there, and you feel there's a confidence level there mm-hmm. that's important. 
Like you don't you don't have a sense that like there's something out there that I'm missing. Right. You talked it over with someone that you trust, and you're like, oh no, this is all the important parts. Yeah. That's a really big reason I think why um, why work doesn't get done is because let, let's see. I think this is a, a different one than just getting clarity on what the work is. Maybe it is. Maybe it is the same as that. But like for me, as a writer, as a video maker, we do a lot of scripts. We do a lot of blog posts. We do a lot of course stuff. We do a lot of different things. Every one of them requires. I guess it's content maker. Every one of them requires some sort of molding of what the content, what the idea actually is. And I normally need that with another person. Right. Do you know what I mean? I, yeah. I, I like I I've mold, roll that over with other people. Okay. Then Barrett, the next one that you mentioned was the sunk cost of work already completed. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really big deal. So explain sunk cost as best you can to someone who might have never heard the term. So sunk cost is basically saying like, okay, you make an investment in something. Let's say it's a business. Let's say it's Coca-Cola, whatever. And you think of that money as something that you should still value because it was your money at one time. But the reality is, is that you know what you know today based on information you've gathered to this point. And whatever money you've spent, whatever time you spent on any project up to this point should not affect your decision going forward because the only thing that should affect the decision going forward is what value or what return you'll get based on your further investment of time. Further investment, yeah. exactly. Right? So it's the difference of what you've already spent versus what you can spend going forward. Mm -hmm. And so the the like classic example would be if you invest when the market's high, for example, like Coca-Cola stocks at 100, and then it goes down to 80, yeah. and you think, okay, you know, this is going to keep going down, well, if you make a poor decision based on sunk cost, you might invest more money hoping that that would help you get a get that return back faster if it goes up at all. Yeah. Right. But whereas some other is telling where, you, whereas other some other investment might be a much better decision. Exactly. Right. Whereas the information today might tell you it's going to keep going down, so you should abandon it. It's that really like an emotional attachment it to is. money or time that you've already spent. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. and it, and it is emotional. It right. it is like it is somehow irrational in some ways, mm -hmm. right? Right. And it so it requires this this sort of do you have advice either of you guys on like on like how do you then convince that lizard brain that um, no this is the best decision moving how do you get emotional in a positive way well, about this moving on this gets back to um, Elon Musk that we've been talking so First much principles. about recently because of wait but why in those yeah. articles but uh, yeah the idea of making decisions from first principles mm -hmm. instead of making decisions based on what other people do or, or how you feel about Yeah, because it or, why are you invested in this in this thing that isn't working? It's because, well, if it doesn't work all the way, then I'm an idiot. Right. right. Do, do you know exactly what I mean? Right. Yeah, like I'm, I'm not a smart person and yeah. I know I'm a smart person. Mm -hmm. When the truth is, yeah. this investment not working out doesn't make you not a smart person. Right. And, th you know? and there's a balance because, so, you know, to put this in, in terms of, let's say I'm working on a project, um, you can get really deep into a project and it could turn out that it's not the right project for some reason. Like things change. Maybe yeah. you've been working on it so long that the the reality has yeah. changed about your business yeah. or something. Mm -hmm. We've had to do that, yeah. And and so you might have to decide to pull the plug, but the emotional attachment to it, but I've already spent two months on this. I just want to yeah. get it done, you yeah. know? Yeah. But even though, but you know, the next month that you're going to spend on it is wasted time. Man, yeah. And I I think, again, this is another point at which like working with, with you guys on the team Force and forcing ourselves to talk about what the projects we're committing to are, mm -hmm. which we do every single week. Yeah. We, we every quarter we get together and say, "Here's here's the projects that we want to do." We all talk together. We all work it out. We do, we we establish who's in control of which or who is in charge of which project. Right then, 
every week we all get together and, and we go, okay, so where are the projects that are we're working on right now? Right. And we just do an evaluation of those. When they're complete, we move them to the next but my, thing. My, my, the second part of that point was you can't afford to, every time you sit down in front of a project, to question whether or not yeah. that project is valuable. Yeah. Because you know, you, you just won't get any work done. Yeah. So you have to like almost schedule a time to have those first principles conversations. Yeah, totally. And you, have to, and you have to get a good basis. answer to it, right? Like yes. this is exactly the connecting your task to your why, the project to like why it's important. Um, and and that's why it's like good to be like, to be able to write a good answer to that. Sure. Because, and 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 I've gotten a lot better at this since I've, since I've forced, since we're like in conversation, we're, we're always talking about that all the time. Why is this important? And there's also just like when you're on a team, there's subtle sort of like uh, political almost things where it's like, well, we know we got to be growing. And so I, I end up like naturally, you know, prioritizing growth tasks instead of instead of others right. sometimes. Right. Um, but but when you for, when you talk your tasks out with people and you get more, I always think about it as like as like I can see through their eyes now from a different angle on the same task or project. And that helps me be more truthful about if this thing's important or not. Mm -hmm. right. And that confidence factor that I have in that, um, how likely I feel like it is I'm going to be turned off from this project. Uh, I'm going. It's going to be made less important by some other project. Mm -hmm. Like the, there's like there's like a number to that thing. There's a percentage to like how confident I am this is an important project. Yeah, uh, knowing what I know now, and given all the unknown things that are going to happen in the future. And to be honest, like. You know, sometimes we put stuff on that list that we damn well know is not going to get done. <laughs> yes, we do. We do. We always do. Yeah, we do. But I mean, and we usually and do it's it really to hard. Satisfy, you know, somebody's feeling about the yeah, project. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because yeah. it's really easy in the abstract to think about all the things that are important to do in your business. Yeah. You know, yeah, we should do that, and yeah, we should do that. But that's in the absence of constraints on how much you can actually get done. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to do both. And, and so usually we start with, let's just brainstorm everything that might be important. Yeah. And then we think about, okay, but what can we realistically get done in this time frame? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It makes me think of, um, you know, one struggle that I always have is like, when I have the idea, I really like to capture it and put it somewhere Yeah. in a place that I trust. I'll see it when I need so to see it. So you can stop it. thinking about it. So I can stop <laughs> thinking about it. Right. And so Stop in some ways that. it feels like like really good to to have that list of projects, you know what I mean? And then to choose the best of those the, that we all choose to become just the only actionable ones, right? Mm -hmm. But we've watched this happen over and over again where that bigger list of just general, like, hey, these are all the things that we'd love to do that would yeah. be great to be done. That just, we've had that where it just grows and 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 grows. And, yeah. and, and guess what happens? We just delete the sucker. Yep. Mm -hmm. We just delete it. Because guess what? New ideas for work keep coming up. Keep, yeah. keep, 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 keep coming up. Yeah. yeah. If they're important enough, they'll... They'll keep coming up. It sounds and like it's, you're going to forget about like something that is potentially... Totally. And this is a really important from getting things done, a seminal book on productivity. This is a really important idea about our to-do list is that every item on there is actionable within the next two weeks. Mm -hmm. So it's not a place where tasks go for to be like, you know, one day worked on. Yeah. And, you know, to be honest, like I, uh, I, so I'll just quickly uh, discuss a task yeah. that's on my list. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we have this annoying bug um, that happens <laughs> when you visit the Fizzle Forum. Oh, yeah. That has been on that list for a long and, time. And basically, the, the issue is um, if your login session has become stale after a couple of days yeah. because you haven't visited the site, then you click on a link that's supposed to take you to a specific place within the forums. Mm hmm. 
um, when your login gets refreshed, it then dumps you into the main forums page. Instead of the specific instead page Instead of the going. specific place. It's just a technical bug that we've been working on. It's, it has to do with... But it, but you know it if you've seen it. Yeah. Like, if you're a Fizzle member, you're probably hearing this and going, yeah, that is freaking annoying. Yeah. Like, why don't you fix that? Yeah. Uh, and, and, and this is one of the... So what I wanted to say was, this is one of those things that it's a project, okay? Yeah. Because I know that it's going to take at least a couple of days to fix. And, yeah. I, and I have tackled it a couple of times and it just didn't stick, yeah, right? Yeah. And so it goes back to the list and then it gets kind of like way down the priority list because there's three other things that, that you got to work on. But one of the mistakes that I make is I have it right now on my Asana task list, which is the stuff that I'm supposed to be working on this week, right? Yeah, That's, yeah. you know, usually, and yet it's in my my like upcoming list and it just sits there for week after week yeah. after week. And I yeah. think you get this project blindness or you this totally task blindness do. where it's easy to just go, yeah, yeah, it's there. I'm going to get to it. Yeah. And it's annoying, right? After yeah. like, that's ha- this, that's this like boot, that's like this like Buddhist awareness thing where you just kind of like look at this thing and go like, I see you. And then you have to make the decision to like mark off time in your calendar right. to do it. Yeah. Or like, like you, how many, e- how many emails do you do that with every single day? How many emails come in? You're like, oh, I'll get to this in a little bit. How many text messages? I, it's like not all the time, but it happens a lot. Well, email you, is just a tool of the devil. So we shouldn't even go <laughs> down that path. But, but uh, you see that. a thing and you're like, oh yeah, I should get back to him. So but I think three weeks later. Go. So here's a, here's a, uh, a quick and dirty tip for, mm-hmm. for this kind of stuff. And it's, it's something, it's something that we haven't done yet and that I, I would love to try. But it's something that um, software development houses do, which is they have an occasional bug fix weekend mm. or something mm. where everybody locks themselves in a room, yeah. you order pizza, and <laughs> you just knock off a bunch of these annoying yeah. little tasks that you have wanted to get to forever, yeah. but hadn't had the time to sit down and do it. And yeah. you all give each other permission for the next 48 hours or whatever, just to knock that stuff out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you're all in the room together, so yeah. you can make quick work. Listen, if you want to have a slumber party, I am in. All right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I think one thing about little one-offs like that is that they often lack any connection to a specific strategy. Mm. Yeah. You know, because a larger strategy. It, it's like cascading f- flow yeah. of importance. There's like your core purpose of the business. There's the vision for where you want to take it and like how you fulfill right. that uh, purpose in the world. There's a big goal. And then you have strategies to achieve goals. Like if we want to grow our business, one of our strategies might be increasing our traffic or increasing engagement on right. the site, which might go back to that blog redesign yeah. project. Yeah. So that task though, and then you fulfill strategies to projects, right? That's where the projects come in is because right. we want to increase traffic. Therefore, we're doing these projects. With a little project like that though, we have not defined a strategy that says we want to have a bug-free fizzle or something like that right. that yeah. makes that project important. Yeah. So it's like, well... Why would I work right. on that when I could work on these other things that are connected to? Yeah, and and you know this is where I mean you can tie it to a, a business purpose, which is a better user experience, sure, and that's sure. important. But uh, you know I do recall that I think it was like nine months ago or something when we went to, through this project cycle, we went out to lunch. And Chase forced us to open up the list of projects that we were agreeing we were going to work on in the quarter and to write down the desired outcome for each one. That's right. And it, and it took a little less time than I thought. It ended up being yeah. like an hour and a half or something while yeah. we were sitting at lunch. Yeah. And I want to get back to that so that for a project like this, you can say, you know, here's the task and mm. um, why is this important? Mm-hmm. And just answer yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Okay, so we're coming to the end. Is there anything else on your guys' list that uh, that needs to be said? No, I would say there, there is one. And that's that 
a telltale symptom of this, of like not getting work done or being in one of these traps is email, Facebook, Twitter, Fizzle. Yeah, whatever. Email, Facebook, right. Twitter, Fizzle, or Google, whatever. Like, Google I, News. I bet that's why people quit Fizzle is because we get yeah. into their death loop. Yeah. Maybe. And they say, yeah. you know what? Screw all those things. I'm not checking email for a week. Yeah. I'm not going to well, check Well, think about Facebook. it. Email was made for, was created for more productivity, right? Yeah. And then it turns into Isn't a place ironic? of distraction. Which is great when you have like three people in your life. Yeah. Right? And, you, and they live in different places and you yeah. can just like, bam, 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 bam. Yep. You know what I mean? But... But it's like, and now it's become like the, uh, the, stra- the, the, the difference is, the difference is Facebook was never made for productivity. No, <laughs> never. And same with fizzle. Like I'm very passionate about like making stuff that actually helps you move the ball forward on your business. And yet if it becomes a sort of like, I need to, I need to know more cause I don't know enough. And you have that kind of fear, uh, instead of just, in, just in time learning, it's you true. know what I mean? Yep. Then it, then it's another place for distraction potentially, which is why my last point, my last point is maybe one of the reasons why, maybe the reason why you're, you're not getting the work done is because you don't trust that this is the right work to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. And so to that, I would, I would, I would present our roadmap as a great example of a guru that you trust enough that like, okay, I'm going to follow these steps because if you there's there's nothing there's literally no single spot in the roadmap where you would be where you a didn't know what to do next. No, it just says right there. It's a little green box with a check mark mm. that you have to you have to click that, yeah. and then you can move on to the next one. Right. And it says you know define your audience. It says write your tagline. It says here's and it gives you all the information that you need to do those things. Right, right. So it's just action after action after action after action after action. If you trust it, right, right. If we've done the work of saying, listen, we've done this. We've worked with hundreds of entrepreneurs pretty closely. We've worked with thousands more, yeah. in general. And and this is the process you've got to take your thing through. Do you trust it or do you not? If we do our work to get you to trust us in this, and then you just start getting like checking off boxes and doing the work that that we're guiding you through, yeah. Then stuff is getting done, right. But if you're on your own. You know what I mean? Like, that's why it's so ironic to me when people will quit fizzle. Like, I just need to get the work done. It's like, well, hold on. If you're going through the roadmap, the work is getting done. You don't get to move on unless the work's done. Right. You know what I mean? And yeah. what's important about that is you're getting the right work done. You're not just working. You're getting the right work done. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that is a huge distinction. And one that that we all, like, I, I could, how, how awesome would it be to have a mentor who just, who like, to, you worked with Seth Godin, Barrett. How awesome would it be if every day you woke up, you went into the office, and Seth said, "You said, Seth, here's what I'm, here's what I'm thinking of doing today. This is my project for the week. This is my project for the month and the in the current cycle that I'm in." And he would say, "Don't do that. Do this." And I think this is a better way of phrasing your goal. And then, other than that, you're good, right? And you checked in every week, and he or she or whoever your mentor ends up being says you're on the right path. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the equivalent of the that's, roadmap. That's the goal of the roadmap. Yeah, and and I'm saying. How rare is it for any of us to have something like that in our life? Because if you do have something like, if you've got a dad or a cousin or an uncle or a, an aunt or, well, or not, a, a CEO that you know yeah. who can give you that kind of targeted stuff, then then you can feel more confident it's that actually, you're in the right vein. It's actually common for simple things in life, like a recipe, right? Yeah, you want to sure, make sure, a, sure. a great stroganoff, boom. <laughs> Just go and look it up. I am so glad because it's a nightmare to make a good stroganoff, yeah. right? <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? You know, the thing with the roadmap is you do have to trust yourself too because there are yeah. points where we're giving you the goal and you've got to decide the strategy. Oh, totally. Right. And 
when you have all the information, you have to know that when you get into the work, your job is to do the work, not to question the work. Yeah, yeah. And so you've got to both trust the roadmap and trust your decision-making. It's so, it's totally true because this is not, like Fizzle isn't making your business for right. you. We're, right. we're showing, we're teaching, we're showing you how to build your own business. I yeah. think that's important to say. And so that's the last point we'll make here. I'm glad we figured out so many reasons why. I've got, I've got track of eight reasons why here that uh, your work is not getting done. And so I really hope that this is helpful for people to like actually identify the demons yeah. that are causing them so much pain and trauma. There were some good little uh, rich tips and tricks in mm-hmm. there. There yeah, are some, so some, oh, and and this is going to be in video form, hopefully, uh, th- like my favorite three from these I'm taking and turning into a video. Mm-hmm. Ho- Hopefully. Hopefully I can get it done because now like there's Is this... It, aren't you the same guy who just told me you're going to California tomorrow? <laughs> yeah. No, like I'm, gonna, I'm literally not... I'm literally going to try to do it too. Woo! So, uh, so if it... Like if... If there is a video on the on the show notes of this page, fizzleshow.co slash 163, then I have done the impossible. And if folks. not, then tweet at... At Chase underscore Reeves. You're still the best. I'm a huge fan. I think you're awesome and you're super funny and attractive yeah, and yeah. I, and you should hang out okay. with too many characters yeah. to tweet. Like That's yeah, and if you point. yeah, Pick but it, you can keep going. You can keep going. I have been Chase Warman Reeves. I got a I, quick filibuster in a minute. Go. You're going to filibuster during sorry, my filibuster? Sorry, sorry, I got excited. <laughs> Clearly you broke the rules of order here. Uh, I have been Corbett Barr. Here's my filibuster. I'm representing for them gangsters all across the world. Still hitting them corners and them lolos, girl. Oh, just hitting them, them s- lolos, girl. Oh. And Bear Down Brooks. And we'll see you there. Or we'll, we'll see, see you on another, another time. time. So there you have it. All right. I don't know why I always go, all right. <laughs> Fizzleshow.co slash 163. This is where you'll find show notes for the episode today. All right, you'll see if I, I hope I make this video uh, to actually get it out there. You'll be able to see on that page if you go to it. Also, uh, I've included show notes there that, of everything that we list, linked to today, but I, uh, one in, and especially is another video we made on the five tips to help you estimate how much time a project will take. This is super critical. It's not our most shareable lesson, but if you're someone who does projects a lot and you have to estimate how much time they're going to take, this is like some hard-earned wisdom in that one. You can find that at fizzleshow.co slash 163. Here's an iTunes rating from M. Overton in the U.S. of A. who says, One day I searched small business or entrepreneur and podcast and the Fizzle Show came up first. The first episode I listened to had the longest intro that was so bizarrely amusing that I just kept listening just to figure out who all these different people were. Chase's character voices were throwing me off. I listened long enough to pick up on the apparent expertise and care that each of these guys brings to the show. I find it so encouraging to hear other people asking the same questions that I I have and so reassuring to listen to Steph, Chase, Corbett, and Barrett give such thoughtful responses. Normally, I'd be a silent consumer, but I have really appreciated what I've learned here. We'll keep listening. I wanted to say thanks. No, oh my God, thank you, M. Overton. That is so sweet. What a great review. Thank you. Honestly, you know, dear listener, our goal is to help more people find this show so that they can build a business they actually care about that actually works, right? So when you leave us an iTunes review, it helps us to do that. If you haven't yet, open up iTunes, 
Search in the iTunes store for Fizzle. You'll see our orange faces there waiting for you eagerly to just click right on, like try to aim at, you know, Barrett's forehead if you're, if you're, or mine, or anyways, one of our foreheads, and just click that and then click write a review. I'd love to read your voice out on the air. Thank you so much for those of you who do and have. Okay. Now I got to go try to make this video real quick. Uh, may you have a roof for the rain and walls for the wind. And may you find something solid to put your foot on as you take the next step. Find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in. Thanks. And I'll talk to you next Fizzle Friday.